Well, hello there, and welcome to Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. We're so happy that you're here today. Ah, that's good, Joe. You did it! Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Great job, everybody. Guy Patterson didn't have the perfect job or the perfect social life, but what he did have was perfect timing. And in one, one night... That's too fast, Guy. Slow down! Come on, come on, slow down! He's going to take the wonders from Garage to greatness. Mr. White is with Playtone Records. That thing you do, you know, is snappy. We'd like to release it. Well, Mama, your son who loves you just left us in the lurch. Darlene, you just got promoted. You mean you're gonna start paying me? I didn't say that. 20th Century Fox presents... Come on! It's very important you don't stink today. Hey, I make no guarantees. You guys look great in red. Have I told you that yet? In a story about the time in every life... You've got the number seven record in the country. <laughs> you fellas look great in gold. Have I told you that? When the hopes you hold on to... None of this would have happened if you hadn't joined the band. ...and the dreams you dream... You get your patootie down to the television studio! You're gonna be on TV tonight! The Wonders! ...become that thing you do. How did we get here? That thing you do. Written and directed by Tom Hanks. Look fabulous in the black suits. Have I told you that? Hi. Fabulous in the black suit. GVN presents Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. Today's binge. That thing you do. And welcome back to another broadcast day here at Radio Station WMKP, where the music is rocking and we be talking. <laughs> well, actually, we don't have any music, so we're just going to be talking. <laughs> I'm your DJ Martin, and as always, I'm joined by the woman who provides the 50,000 watts of power to this broadcast, <laughs> my lovely wife, Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Well, good morning, Martin, <laughs> and happy to see you this morning. Well, that's about all the radio DJ stuff we got for this. Oh, I could go on. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you can. Okay, so as anyone who's listened to us uh, before knows that we start out with giving Kathy an opportunity to say whatever's been on her mind for the week, and this is no different, so the floor is yours, my dear. What do you have to see? All right, a couple things here. So, of course, we're in day 9,647 of uh, quarantine. Right. Uh, and uh, Soul 456, like we just yes, watched The Martian. That's exactly <laughs> right. Um, and... Uh, here on this planet and apparently this is how long it's going to take to get my car repaired as well because so what so what exactly happened with your car okay so this is this is the deal i have a i have a fairly brand new car because it doesn't even have seven thousand miles on it and i've had it for a year so that's the the volkswagen right volkswagen Tiguan. really like the car um only thing i didn't like about it and still kind of irritates me a little bit is that that automatic shutoff thing when you get to a stop sign. Now you can you can make it so it doesn't do that, but you have to do it every time. Oh, you so, get the car, so you can't I, just you can't no. just turn it off and it stays off. And maybe you can, but I don't know how to do it, and I haven't right. done it yet. And 
So sometimes I'll turn it off, but generally speaking, well, me, that'd I be leave too it much. On. That'd be too much like every car I've ever owned that shuts off whenever <laughs> I get to the stop sign. Well, and that's the part that I don't like about it because it makes me feel like the car's not working. But the thing that I don't, uh, that I, 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 I like it because I'm getting really good gas miles. Right. And, and when you're only tooling around town and you're not really going on the highway much, it's nice to be able to get a decent amount of uh, miles per the gas. And I see, and I liked it for you because it had automatic braking, and I figured that's a good way to get you that to stop. That is pretty nice. Uh, I do like that. And it does have little things that make that warn you if you're there's people come up on your side and stuff, which I like that too. And I will say this, though. I, did, I, was, I had to drive the loner that they gave me, and while the little light blinked, I didn't hear any little noise. Which, but you do still get the little warning yeah, light yeah, on the right, they but they without the noise, that I mean, unless you're looking at the mirror, you're not right. Uh, and so, so no, anyway, so what was wrong with the Tiguan initial because this is the second time you've had it in the shop? What was wrong with it? Okay, first? well, same thing as the red first time and second time. So last week I brought it in because it was not going, I mean, it was just not moving, and I thought, what the hell's going on here? Because it's you know, I'm putting my phone on, I guess it's almost like exactly like you would expect a car that was needed a tune up or um you know just wasn't getting gas okay so it wasn't it wasn't was it missing or yeah well, so it wasn't running very well it was just, just running really hard and very you know very very uh agitated like okay so you took it back to the volkswagen dealer we right bought it from. and yeah and it was time for yeah i just i bought the car last year in april so i went ahead and uh you know, it was time for it to, for the you know you get an oil change in that once a year or every ten thousand miles, so um, so I figured go ahead and get the oil changed and then they can take a look at this and plus there was a recall anyway on uh, a something uh, that was going on. Okay, so what did they tell you was wrong with it the first time? Nothing. They said it just needed to be reset and I, that. I thought that, they said it was a sensor or something. Well, yeah. Well, the, they said that that was the recall. Oh, the sensor okay. Was recall, the recall. They, okay. they decided that gotcha. that was the reason what the problem okay. was, and that's why. And so they put once they reset everything and put the sensor in, you know, I got it home just fine. It was no problem. It didn't. It ran was re running real good all the way home. I went and uh, to to uh, uh, work where I sat by myself in my office for a little Aww. while. So, um, so I was on the way home, and it started doing that thing again. And I'm going, what the heck? So as I was in the car, I went ahead and called them immediately while I was in the car. And I was talking to them and telling them what it was doing while I was um, talking to them. But when this happens, the check engine light comes on, and then this um, a, a warning, a EPC warning, or e, whatever it says. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But bottom line is, is it made the engine not want to work, period. So so basically the same thing it was doing before. Right, exactly. Okay, so, so, it was going, so I was going 30 miles an hour to get home on the 45 mile an hour road I was on. And that was lots of fun. Okay, so last time that uh, we took it to the shop, uh, we took it up there ourselves. Because right. you know, there's a toll road that you had to pass through. So and I had to follow her because we had to have her away for her to get uh, home, home uh, because they were only going to keep it for that little bit, and then right. we, you know, so uh, when it went this time, and because it failed again so quickly, we basically decided, okay, no, we're not taking it all the way over there again. You're gonna have to come and get it. Right. So that's now. They, well, actually, it kind of went like this. I had it to towed over there the first time, and then we went over there to get it. Right. And then the second time. I had it towed over there again, but I we didn't follow with them. Uh, that 
actually the they came to my house with the which uh, they should owner, have yeah which was nice and so i was kind of happy about that okay so at this point though we still don't know when we're going to get it back no because it was supposed to be ready wednesday and now it is sunday and or monday or whatever day it is and that's it we're not i haven't seen it yet and it's not ready and they called me on friday to tell me that the part was be his has been ordered but it's been delayed because they don't it's not in stock or something to that, that seems to happen on these especially on the recall thing like uh like in my car my model that three. Ain't a recall this is a, this oh, is a, a thing this oh is this, is, a thing. this thing. is an injector and the injector harness why don't they have that why is it failing within a year's time uh, that, that's a, no, question number two question number three is why did i pick this Car. I don't know. Well, no. I mean, anyway, now I to be fair, like, to like be fair, right? The car, you know, other than it failing, the, the, you haven't had a problem out of the car. No, not at, at least all. until now. But right. again, a, a failure within a year's time seems a little absorbent or oh. sounds bad. Yeah, but it was an aggravation. So, and I got a lot of aggravations right now. Like, well, uh, Jeffrey's been home from school for seven hundred and fifty-eight days. I'm fairly okay, certain. is that the same amount of time that we've been self-isolated? Yeah. I'd have to go back and listen to hear if that was the same time. Okay, or... well, I didn't use the same number. Yeah, okay, that's Because I'm curious. just using random numbers at this moment. Oh, okay. Because it's, as my daughter will say, it's April 98th. Whatever that means. Uh, it means, it means there's, it's a, been thousand, a, while. there's yes. a thousand days in April. Right. But anyway, so that's <laughs> the deal, and that's my thing. So, okay. So, uh, there we go, and so I'm done with that. Okay, so for our show today, we are going to be talking about that thing you do. Uh, you know, again, we had talked... No, uh, what movie? Huh? What movie is it? That thing you do. That's the one movie I just said? Oh, I thought you were talking about that thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a new host. I'm, that's, that's the problem. A... All right, that was just some fun. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. You can cut you that can, out. You can... Go ahead and cut that you out. See that, now, last week, she told me to cut things out, and any time she says, you need to cut that out, I left it in. <laughs> uh, so chances are you're going to be hearing that too. So now, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. What was I saying? Oh yeah. About that thing you yes, do. Yes, we're doing that thing thing we do, uh, and because we last time last time we talked about you got mail, we said that the reason we were including this in our podcast is because we've been watched it a bunch. Many we've seen times, it many times. Many times. Same thing with that thing we do. Yeah, uh, we've seen it a bunch of times. And it's that uh, thing you do, not that thing we, we do. We use, yeah, I had it straight until you messed me up. Sorry, man. <laughs> are, you, are you done correcting me? Oh, uh, yeah. I Go ahead. It. I really don't think so. That'll be more Okay, fun. ready? Three, two, one. You did a lot of that last yeah, time, ready? too. Okay, ready? And three, two, one. Go. So anyway, uh, for today's show, we actually have a special guest, our daughter, who once she heard that we were doing this movie, decided she had some things she needed to let us know about, so... We are happy to invite Crystal in with us. So, Miss Crystal, say hello to uh, all of our, our two fans. Howdy, <laughs> people. Well, there, that's correct. <laughs> we should have hired her for the Ozarks. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so, that thing you do. Uh, what is it about that movie that you like so much? Um, it's I, I love it because at, at the core of it, it's fun. And it has a wonderful soundtrack. Um, uh, a lot of movies, you know, that are based around either a group or a song, and spe specifically, 
um, that thing you do has a way of playing the song several times without you getting bored of it or tired of it or don't want to hear it over and over and over. That's really true. That's yeah, good. I don't That's remember that. And I, you, know, and, you know, I was sitting there when I was watching it again yesterday. Yeah, right, they do it a number of times. This, but I, I never sat there and thought, okay, now I'm ready to move on. Let's hear something else. Yeah. Uh, it, it was good. Uh, even when they did it the first time where he, uh, you know, guy played the drums too fast, you know, set the tempo yeah. too fast. And they actually didn't catch up to him until about the middle of the next verse. Right, Because right. they were still kind of dragging it behind. That, like I said, the soundtrack, actually, actually the song, actually, I think, actually did rank in the Billboard uh, numbers, actual song from the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the... Uh, the uh, the guy who actually sang the song though was a little mad because he wasn't given credit because it shows us the wonders. Oh. oh. And he said that was uh, he He's really wanted his name on. Kick sand on that one. Right. <laughs> Which is <laughs> what they told him. Saying you know we're we're trying to maintain the illusion that this was this group. So right. Too right, bad. Right. <laughs> uh, so anyway. So anything else before we. Um, I do like it at the at the end of the day it's um it, it is a love story and it comes full circle towards the end and that just makes me happy. I love that. And I, I love that. We're we're big on romantic comedy type. Uh so and that's did, really a romantic comedy slash it's almost, period it's, right, piece but, that, but then that's the the period piece thing, you know, the sixties yeah. the whole sixties vibe I I like a lot. Uh, of course, you know, like I'm, you know, back in the day of the monkeys and things like that, which was, was kind of the same thing. Actually, and this actually has a similarity to the monkeys as far as, basically, you know, the the wonders, of course, is a, is a fictional rock band, right? Uh, and the actors they hired had never, most of them had never even played an instrument, so when they brought them in, they basically taught them how to do the instruments, not because they actually wanted them to perform the song, but they wanted them to look realistic when they performed the song, right? And they got to the point where you know, people thought that was actually them doing the song, which it which it wasn't. I think actually only uh, Steve Zahn and okay. Ethan Embry had actually been the only ones who had ever, actually ever played I, their instrument before. I think Steve Zahn did an amazing job uh, imitating the saxophone when, he, uh, <laughs> when they were taking the strip shack shooters. Boots Randolph. <laughs> who am I? <laughs> of course, uh, uh, you know, we had actually, when this whole thing came up, we had mentioned Steve Zahn because he was in You Got Mail. Right. And we thought that he was hilarious in this movie, mm-hmm. which is the first reason why we thought to bring it up. Uh, is this, you think this is bothering you? <laughs> no, that I think it's good. Like, the thing, the thing. I ain't worried about it. I can take that off. Okay. That's not a problem. Awesome. Okay, so, it said 1996 was when it came out. Now, did you guys see it when it first came out, or did you not see it until after it came out on video? Mm, that's a good question. I don't think we well, we didn't see it at the movie theater. No. Of course, because you guys didn't go to movies back yeah, then? Yeah, you know, the girls and I were, uh, we'd go to a movie every once in a while, but we weren't real. I think the movie, the movies were left to the grandparents to take us to. Yeah, kind of sort of that way. So was this? That was one of the, I don't know, you can make a noise. I can so, make noise. So 1996, what was that? Um, the year right before 97 and the no, one right before 95. I as far as how old we were. 96, I, mean, I, I was we still... Like, we oh, you were, yeah, you were 11, right. Yeah. So, so unless, I, I don't think you were dating then. Right. No. I'm not sure if it would have hit our fan base as 11-year-olds to yeah. watch that movie. But that is true. That's how that whole thing you do, soundtrack thing. Okay, we so you heard, heard the soundtrack before, before you saw we the, Okay, saw so the when you saw the movie, did you see it on TV? Did you see it? it did you rent a video? I'm fairly certain we rented it. Or it was on HBO, one of the other. Or it was on HBO, yeah. You guys had HBO? I'm assuming we, we might have hit a blockbuster up. Too possible. Huh? Maybe. 
We did, did do that. We did do you know, that most people that. just go and pay for those things. They don't actually hit a blockbuster. What you guys? Oh, stop it! No, you didn't. We would have rented it. it. Oh, you rented it. Yes. You know, be kind, rewind. That kind yes, of thing. all that thing. Well, the people who are listening now don't even remember. Now, <laughs> right, because... Well, probably because we've. Uh, well, actually, they, they wouldn't forget because we do this all the time. So this is pretty much part of the course for us. That's true. Okay, so uh, like I said it was a, it came out in 1996, and of course starred uh, Tom Everett Scott, uh, Liv Tyler. I want to give you this guy's name because you know how I am with this. The, the guy who played Jimmy. Jonathan Shake. That, that sounds as I was good as sounds good to me as any. Uh, Steve Zahn, of course, which who we talked about, and Ethan Embry, which uh, I still think is funny that they never gave him a name. Yes, it was TV player. Yeah, the, the bass, bass player. player. <laughs> TV player. And actually, for as many lines as he had, he, that, that was quite as good as mm-hmm. anything, since he basically ran off to join the Marines uh, via Disneyland. Uh, Ethan Embry sure is an interesting um, actor, considering that he's, he's done everything. He was a child actor. He yeah. He was in yeah, Dutch he... and a few other things um, uh, as a child. And so I didn't even realize that it was Ethan Embry in Dutch until I... Okay, re- like, refresh my memory, Dutch. Dutch is um, Ed, uh, Ed, O'Neill Ed O'Neill and the kid, he's bringing him home from school and they have the trials and tribulations of stepfather and son having to make this long car trip. They end up going into debt, not debt, but they lose all their money. They get robbed by some ladies of the evening. That would... and, um... Okay, <laughs> and how, how, how did that happen? Well, I guess we're getting uh, off they're track. They're trying to get a ride. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so Ethan Embry is, uh, this is not the first time Ethan Embry has been on a movie, uh, though actually when I think about it, this is the only movie I ever think of him in, for some reason. It's just me. Though. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Okay, so the movie was set in 1964 uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania, which they're, they quick, PA. Yes, they're quick to point that out, very much so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, guy is working in his family appliance store, uh, just selling toasters or whatever it is he's selling there, and the band is getting ready to do a talent show, and their drummer leaps, leapfrogging over... Uh, meters. <laughs> yeah, that, Parking meters. And he breaks his arm. Yeah. Which I still think is funny was uh, the bass player just points out and says, yeah, Chad fell Chad down. Chad fell down. <laughs> so, of course, because Chad can no longer play the drums, they need a replacement for the talent show, so they come see Guy. And Guy, you know, said, you know, he hadn't been in a band a while. He said, it sounds like fun, but if he was going to join them, they have to buy some record needles from him. And it's an o'clock radio. It's on sale for 14 something or whatever right. it is. Steve yeah. interjects, how about a washing machine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fine, all right. Okay, yeah, so, so they agree to do it. So he goes over to their uh, garage or whatever and runs through the song, and it's a, it's a ballad. Jimmy must be a really, well, ballads. Yeah. Most of the stuff he does is, was that kind of mm-hmm. s- slow song. But anyway, so he goes to the, the ballad, looks bored playing it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's okay, perfect. Okay, so we're ready to go to the talent show. And, of course, at the same time, they're talking about their name, and that's when that whole wonders, oneeders yeah, thing comes up. Yeah, because he also keeps going back to the herdsmen. Right, which and again, it's the herd. Right, it's here. It's yeah, one of the senses. It's one of the senses. <laughs> so, and of course, yeah. as uh, they basically end up saying in the uh, special features of the film, the reason they did that is because the Beatles. And she, matter of fact, right. she mentions it. Faye mentions it yes. in the movie that the Beatles, mis- you know, spelled their name different to differentiate themselves. That's what they were trying to do. Right. Uh, which, of course, just like as you said, everyone kept. Reading it as the Oneaters. Right, and the the whole reason that the Wonders came up is that when um, Guy was finished playing his tune, he uh, 
said, wonderful. Right. And, and then uh, Liz Tyler interjected and said, that, that guy's had Pearson. it. Pearson. No wonders. And then so, well, even when they're on his pad and he's looking at him and Steve's on the side and Right, and I thought it was funny that even like when they're, you know, after they recorded their record and they put a hyphen. I mean, they made yeah, it as exactly. clear as they could. That was the one. <laughs> and they still kept pronouncing it the O'Neaters. And I guess that's because that's what they heard it the first time. And then after that, it didn't matter to them what you wrote. Yep. It was still the O'Neaters, at least to the, their one fan. The one fan. Yes. Uh, the guy who <laughs> uh, was picking on the host of the talent yeah. show. Okay. Sure, okay, so <laughs> Okay, so they uh they perform at the talent show when they win the talent show. They get a hundred dollars to split. And at the same time the the owner of Villa Pianos comes and says, I want you guys to perform at my place. Right. Uh, he's going to give them a hundred dollars a night to perform right. there. That's the Italian restaurant over there. Yeah. Okay, so they uh, get that gig. And, the piano. Right. And, you know, and it's working well for Mr. Villapiano because, you know, people are coming there and people are walking in off the street because they're hearing about him. Uh, so at the end of their set, he brings uh, Lenny over to pay him. And mm-hmm. he said, okay, so here's, you see what you this is? You know what this is? He he said, said, presidential flashcards. <laughs> he said, no, it's a bonus. He said, and you know what? I have no idea. <laughs> He said, because the word ends out on you, O'Neaters. Hey, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, they decided, because the fan comes over there and tells them they're great, and he said he'd like to buy a record of their thing. So they go ahead and record the record at Guy's, is it his it's uncle? His, yeah, Uncle Bob. Yeah, uncle, uncle Bob, Bob. yeah, he, who records church music. Yeah. Church music, choirs, things like that. Right, that, but we have to watch. Yes. But we have to watch our language while we're there. Uh, So anyway, so they record the song and put it out. They get it out on the record, uh, and they're selling it there at Villa Pianos while they're performing. So while they're selling the record, the man, uh, (laughs) but yeah, Phil Horse comes by and buys the record, and uh, they're supposed to. Anyway, he he gets a hold of a guy and invites him into his camper and tells him that he wants to be their manager. And that, uh, mm-hmm. So he says that, uh, you know, I, so he brings the rest of the band into the camper and he's talking about being their manager. He said, if I can't get you to, how'd you like to hear a song on the radio? Mm-hmm. And of course, like TV that. player says, right. So I'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be great. So he says, so here's what we'll do. He said, uh, if I can't get this thing playing, I forget how long he gives them. He, he said, within a week. week and I'm in ten. serious airtime. Right. Within if I can't get within a week, time, we just tear up the contract and, and I'm, I'm no longer your manager. And of course, Jimmy says, I'm reluctant to sign anything yeah, about my, my music. music. Yeah. Uh, he's always he's we're signing this. We're <laughs> signing this. I'm You're signing this. We're all signing it. It's made in a really nice camper. Put us on the radio. I'm signing. You're signing. We're all signing. So they went ahead and signed with him, uh, and to his word, he got him on the radio, mm-hmm. uh, which they There's heard. Also, a wonderful. one of my favorite scenes in that movie. I do. It almost start. makes me cry. I know because they're all everyone's just so joyous and, and, and actually, it's yeah, like, and, and you can and you can feel it, and, and you know how they. It's almost like you know how they it feel. It was a very masterful way of what at, at the way the music played into it, because as they're running down the street, it gets louder as they right. get to the store, and you can you hear mm-hmm. it in your ears like. Like, you know, See, it's funny because Tom Everett Scott said that, that was his favorite scene. Yeah. He said because it was just fun. Yeah. Because so they were just all, and you can, you can imagine that's exactly how people how react. Feel? So yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When, uh, when, and of course, uh, the dad wasn't really happy because they were bouncing around with his cardboard. Right. <laughs> that's a very expensive uh, card, the cutout. <laughs> 
Okay, so they're uh, they're on the radio and they're supposed to appear at a uh, Pittsburgh show. Yeah. And of course, for whatever reason, I think it's Boss, much. <laughs> Who's another guy, uh, actor I like? Uh, let's see, Kevin Pollack. Yeah. Uh, of course, back when I knew Kevin Pollack, he was actually doing impersonations. He did a great Captain Kirk. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so he right, so he's the host of that show, and of course. They're supposed to be the very first opening performance of that particular show, and they don't turn their mics on. Right. So, of course, they were nervous already. So, of course, that didn't help them any, and by then they just totally collapsed. They knocked, uh, guy knocked a cymbal over. Yeah. And then when they did start, they were, uh, Jimmy was out of tune, and it was bad. off the stage. Right. It, it was all bad. So, uh, so he goes off and meets with Horace. And Horace, you know, he's talking about how bad they're playing. He said he looked like one of those wind-up monkeys right. <laughs> playing his drum. So he says, okay, now what you need to do is sample some of the cuisine from the East. So he takes him into the the Chinese place. Right, yes. And, of course, just so happens, Tom Hanks says, Mr. White is there. So he said, yeah, I said, uh, I want you to meet Mr. White. He's the, uh, at Playtone Records. And he heard you guys set. Oh, great. Oh, <laughs> right. He said, but uh, he still thinks he wants to do business with you. He said, yeah, because I heard your song. I like it. He said, okay, I like it a lot. It's snappy. It's it. It's snappy. <laughs> Right, and uh, we'd like to produce, you know, put it on the Playtone label. Uh, so he said, just like that. He said, well, no, there's some paperwork you're going to have to sign. Right. And then you have to say goodbye to Horace here as your manager. He said, like, no. No. Yeah, I admire his loyalty there. Yeah. That he wasn't ready to give up on him, you know, like right. he said. Yeah, but no, I mean, I've done what I'm supposed to do for exactly. you. Uh, I exactly. I wonder how much money he got on that gig. I know he just didn't hand him over for nothing. Well, I'm sure they have a deal. Right, and that's another thing. You don't really hear money mentioned after no. you know, after the Villa Piano thing. Yeah, money I, is never mentioned in yeah. any other dealings. I think that because I think that was a big part of the why that movie worked so well because you weren't focused on like oh my god they made so much money. It was what the fame and things, the inner workings of a band that just grew so popular that it didn't they didn't they were one hit they didn't have time to to revel in money. right and see and that's actually right. the other thing you know like. Lenny and Guy, they were more the fact that, you know, this is really exciting, you know, all the fame that right. we're getting. Mm -hmm. Jimmy was all wrapped up in the music where well, uh, I don't really care. Music right. and and music. I wrote it. And actually, it's very me. similar to what Jimmy's kind of thought process was very similar if you've ever seen the Buddy Holly story where, uh, you know, with Gary Busey, yeah. where he was very much concerned about how his music sounded. and But he didn't want other people producing his music. Right. And I think it's funny that um, that money isn't mentioned as a whole throughout the movie, but there is one instance where money is mentioned is when Lenny is getting ready to drive to the desert. He's going to Vegas, and he asks everybody for money, and they're like, no, ask Guy. Because he's, he's a sucker, he asks, right. He says, can I get 200 bucks? He goes, oh, chump change. change. Right, so that tells you so they're getting something. They're getting, yeah, right. they're getting a fair amount. Uh, uh, and, right, and that's actually, right, I think we all... Yeah, now that you're talking about that, I think, right, that is the only other time they mentioned yeah. money, and, that's, and apparently, right, I mean, I wouldn't be handing Lenny $200, mm -hmm. so he must be making something not out of the gig. Not you're not. No. Okay, so they sign with the Playtone label, and of course, most of that involves touring uh, and promotions. And of course, now Jimmy wants to go back and record more stuff. Right. But he said, no, we're first going to be worrying about touring right. and promoting your you know, your, that thing you do and try to uh, see what we can do with that. Then, after we get all that done, then we'll talk about going back to the recording studio. 
So they're uh, performing with on a bus with a whole bunch of the other the Plankton of stars. Right. And uh, this brings up another point that actually Kathy and I discussed, and I want to bring it up with you, Crystal, okay. as far as Jimmy, of course, as, as this film progresses, starts talking to Diane Dane. Yes. And she's telling him how she can't, he can't trust the label. Can, what exactly did the label lie to him about? Well, so here's the thing is that, um, cause, so Jimmy starts spending more and more time with Diane Dane, and that's just kind of touched on throughout, but you kind of get the gist of what's happening there. And um, you don't know what she's saying to him until later, um, when it's kind of revealed that Jimmy is just kind of a, he's an ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and he thinks he's, he talks below, he talks down to everybody. Right, um, and because the he, yeah, and basically it's Diane Dane who is. Well, Diane Dane, she's a an older lady who is oh. running a, uh, circus, not a circus, but a state fair kind of run thing. Right, and you can tell that she's just gotten very bitter. Yeah, and right. Because <laughs> because as you say, she she's basically a has been. And of course, even though what... she's got a couple couple of she's got hit some, songs, she's, right? She's, she's got, got nothing new coming out. She's not. Yeah, she's feeling like she's on the this winding is why, down part yeah, of right, and, she, and this is why because they haven't done anything good for me, and they're gonna do the same thing to you. Right. You're new and fresh, right? And I think that's the whole point, right? Is in a sense, it's almost a little bit of a jealousy because yeah, because there was a time when she was in their shoes, right? Exactly. Where uh, you know they were pushing her forward, right. and of course that's what Mr. White told him that uh, she hadn't seen a hit in a while, so right. she. Uh, she's probably uh, kind of excited about that. And I think because Jimmy has such a um, an attitude about um, about his music and how he, he does think he's above everybody else that um, you know when he start they start doing like the movie and they are like below him right that, that's what he thinks how right was lying to him because you're doing all this stupid stuff that's better that, that he's, he's better than um, all of this. Well, see, and again, like, and of course, Lenny and them think just the opposite. They think, well, this is just fun. We were in a movie. We right. Don't, right. We, right. We don't care. We said, so we're going look like a bunch of idiots. They were real happy that they got to keep the costumes. Hey! Right. On a positive note. On a positive note. But Jimmy thought that we shouldn't be here. We should yeah. be in the right. studio. We should, <laughs> we should be making records and said, do we, do we have a top, uh, uh, a top, uh, ten, record. top ten record yet? Said that we shouldn't be here. Exactly. Uh, which uh, oh, you could be on that tour around. I think they're doing Wisconsin, right? And, and I had to, and I had to, I had to admire Faye's loyalty to him, absolutely, because she was trying to, you know, to uh, explain away his horrible attitude about mm-hmm. it, because he's really smart. You know, he, yeah, <laughs> he tested as a genius. Jimmy's a genius. I'm talking. Right. <laughs> Which uh, went right over uh, TV players. Uh, right. Uh, Who's Utah? So, uh, so anyway, so they're you know he, they're going through the uh, the tour and they're promoting the record and it's moving up the chart. So he got up in the top ten. So they're uh, Mr. White gets him set up to do a TV show, <laughs> and of course they're gonna be going over to Los Angeles for that. And of course, in the meantime, while they're traveling over to Los Angeles, Faye gets sick. Right. And right. Jimmy doesn't seem to pay. Doesn't seem to care yeah. what happens to Faye, but Guy does. Right. Uh, it's at that point in the movie where you start to notice that they have more of a connection than right. you thought in the beginning. Right. Um, and of course, the this all comes to a head when you know when they're performing on the uh, 
uh, Hollywood Showcase. Right. And uh, while they're performing, the TV show puts a, a thing near Jimmy. It says, uh, careful girls, he's engaged or something right, like that. Right. Which actually was something that they uh, pulled from the Beatles because actually they did the same thing to John Lennon because he was married at the time. Right. They said, careful girls, he's married. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so apparently Jimmy like got all about, you know, got his underwear in a wad, wad. Right. Uh, about that and blamed Faye for it. Right. Which they didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, I'm not actually sure who told them to do that. Unless Mr. White well, told them to the do that. Well, it's the same guy who told him he had class. Class Jimmy. <laughs> uh, which um, brought up a whole other thing that we're going to discuss here in a minute about Jimmy. Uh, so anyway, so so they do the show. And they actually did great at the sh- on the show. They performed mm-hmm. well on the show. Of course, you know, Jimmy was after the show was all mad because of the whole... Uh, Faye thing. Faye thing. Right. So, and of course... Faye hurt her feelings to the point where she basically told Jimmy that she was done with him. Right. That she's wasting, she had been wasting all of her kisses and her time on Jimmy. Uh, so it was, it was one it's of those, sad, it's so sad and it breaks your heart to hear her say how much she, basically she loved him and, you know, and shame he, on her for kissing him with her eyes closed so tight. Right. It just hits you right in the gut. Right. <laughs> really, it really, it's this just. Well, this was the start pretty much of the end here because uh, not only, you know, of course, Faye told Jimmy that she was leaving. Right. Um, Directly before that, they couldn't find TV footage. Right, because he was—he he basically off. no, he was going to leave anyway because he had enlisted in the Marines. Right. Uh, but he. But he had found a bunch of pals, a bunch of Marine bunch pals, of pals, and said, right. "Hey." I said, "Right." Instead, I'm going to go. So I'm not sure what he was thinking. Disneyland. They were Disneyland. down. Yeah, because they're they in California. California. Okay, so and of course. And Disney World wasn't around that at that point. Yeah. And of course, Lenny decided to run off with his girl from the label right. to Vegas. Right. Uh, so the only people left there was Jimmy and Guy, and of course mm-hmm. Jimmy was an asshole. Right. Uh, so basically, it was just Guy. So in the meantime, now did Guy go to the jazz club before that or during that time? John Guy went to the jazz club right before, before that, just um, before Hollywood. Um, before they performed before the Hollywood yeah. television because that, because he's there. All that's right, because he was drunk. That yes. morning and said, "Get your patootie, get your patootie up there." Because you're gonna be on TV tonight. Right, because he'd went to the blue. Actually, he was supposed to go to the Chinese theater with yeah, with uh, theater. TV player. He went to the blue spot. Pot, right. Blue so, spot. Uh, because that's where the cabbie, I mean the hotel concierge, told yes. him to take him. Because right. he wanted to see, he wants some really good, good jazz, yeah, really, right? Really Which is where he meets. He gave him a small trivia question, and then that's where he. Comes right. Out. So, uh, and that's where Marguerite. Uh, yes. Is there, which. Uh, of course, uh, he by the time she got to him was apparently wanting to spend some time with him. By then, the guy was pretty much drunk and mm-hmm. she was like, "Well, you're no you're good, good to me now." Yeah, and of course, once he found out that Del Paxton was there, one of his uh, oh, his his one of his crushes, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. one of his uh, who was a uh, band a jazz p- a pianist, yeah. right. Uh, he was no good, but you no good to her, to her then. And of course, he she introduced him to him. Uh, which of course I like how he said you know, said you want to meet him no I don't really want to meet him no, so, no. it sort of reminded us of uh, us and Henry Week oh my god that was so around. funny let's let's go meet we were like let's go say hi to him and they were like no we're not gonna say hi and that just looks so cheesy everybody's gonna go say hi to him and then we were like we, I mean, we did talk to him. Oh, we did. Because he asked for directions. He came up to us, yeah. Right, and we talked to him when he came back. I was like, but we should have got a, Right, and we should have got a picture with him, but we were too stupid because we were trying to be cool. You're starstruck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, no, nah, no, we were starstruck no, thinking to ourselves, we should get a picture with him. We even said to him, then we were like, nah, that would be so 
imposing. We didn't want right. to do that. And he, I got, he would have done it. I think yeah. so. I think he would have done it. And we should have. No, I, was, I kick myself every time I think about it. Yeah. We should have that one of those people where you're like, they, they have to be nice in real life, right? They're right. not. They're right. not and, nice. And, and he so was. Pleasant. I yeah, mean, he, he was very pleasant. nice. Because I remember him telling you that you look really uh, nice in turquoise. Or yes, right. 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 lovely in turquoise. <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, so he goes to the Blues Club. Uh, and gets to meet Del Paxson, and they get to uh, what she called the cock and bull. I guess basically mm, he was talking. Right. He was telling about the business. That's one line in that movie that I don't like. I don't know why it just hits me wrong every time. The cock and bull. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it, 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 well, it's just a yeah. It's a, I guess they could have said they just could have said bullshitty, which is yeah. basically what they were doing. Yeah. Anything. Uh, but uh, but basically he was just telling him about the business and right. that you need to keep there playing. There wasn't a lot of sw- swearing in that movie. I'm pretty sure. So that's right. probably so why they true. went cock and bull. Right. Said, uh, he said, you need to keep playing no matter what because bands come and go. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, you know, I said, well, how long you guys been together? Long said we've been together two for about months. two months. He said, well, some bands I've been in two months is too long. Mm-hmm. He said, but uh, you just keep playing said, and watch your money. He said, and you'll land on your feet. And that's the that's the, that's the next time that you hear Guy reference Faye in a way that um, yeah, which I thought was believe that. Yeah, I thought that was funny, right? Because he's doing the man members of the band, and, and he, we got Faye. Right, he doesn't mention uh, the TV, the bass player at all. Yeah, right. It's Jimmy and Lenny and me and Faye. Right. Right. Faye. <laughs> of course, uh, Mr. White would tell him that Faye's special, isn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so so anyway, so they they went to the uh, Hollywood Showcase, performed there. Uh, Jimmy act like a but uh, a mm-hmm. and uh, Faye left, left him basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, then they were supposed to go to the studio to record. Right. Okay. And Jimmy wanted to basically record his own music for the whole thing, basically right. if you go. And he said, "No, you, the contract says you have to do what I say. Right. And what I'm telling you is, you get two songs, one on each. Maybe two. Is it two songs on each side or one on it's each one side? On, one on each side. Right. Of your own original music, but." They can't be any of those lover lament crap. They have to right. be snappy. Snappy. I need something snappy. I need something Say, snappy. And you're going to record that thing you do in, in Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> and he uh, tells him that uh, he's not going to do it. And he says, no, well, you, if you, you know, you're under contract. You're, you're in a tough spot. Right. So he said, okay. And he basically sits there and says, I'm going to do something I, snappy. I quit. <laughs> I, quit. I, quit. <laughs> I quit. I quit. Right. I quit, Mr. White. Okay, so he quits. Yeah. Now, of course, in the meantime... Of course, because the bass player had left, they had already replaced him. As a matter of fact, yeah. they replaced him before the Hollywood right. showcase with Wolfman. Uh, and uh, once, you know, Jimmy said he quit, then Wolfman said, well, you well, don't need don't. me anymore, exactly. so I'm going to go on. And he said, okay, you're a good man. Thank you very much. And moved on. So that just left Guy. Yeah. And said, uh, Guy, your band's falling apart. He said, but we got to... We got a hit, top ten hit. He said, yep, one hit wonders. Yeah, that's a very common thing. And, and actually, if, if, when, you, when you read back through the history of that time, it was actually more common than not right. for mm-hmm. a band to do like one hit and then just disappear. You know, for every Beatles or Rolling Stones that came out during that time, you had the band right to put out one song and they were done. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, since, since he was in the studio and he said, you can sit here if you want since they already paid for the studio time. Oh, yeah. said, but you know, you do have to come get out of the hotel. So, so he went ahead and sat there and played his little I Am Spartacus thing. Yeah. Which actually was written by Tom Hanks. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. So anyway, so he did that. Of course, Del Paxton comes in and here actually hears him playing it and said, comes in there and asked him if he wants to play along with him. Which yeah. He said, uh, and he said, well, well, 
So you know, why are you here? So I was playing with Scotty McDonald. Can we get him too? So, <laughs> no, let's just make this a duo. <laughs> <It's> a duet. <laughs> so I said, just we'll go ahead and do that Spartacus thing again. So then he tells the guy to roll tape, and they tape. they play it, and yeah. it come, and uh, sounds really good. So uh, anyway, so after that, he's got to run back to the hotel to get out of the hotel. Uh, the concierge tells him that uh, Jimmy's already left. He right. said the guy with the attitude, he already left. Right. And meanwhile, you you get a cut to Faye, who's cleaning up her room, and has there's a picture Pictures of her of, and guy and, and Jimmy, Jimmy who's looking off into the distance. And apparently, that wasn't the only picture. I mean, because she had a number of pictures mm. she apparently cut off. Now, when she cut that one, did she leave her and Jimmy? I mean, her and Guy in the picture? Yes. And she, she just cut Jimmy off. Jimmy's picture gets cut out. It it falls into frame in front of the mirror. And then she just sits there and stares at just her and him sitting together. Okay, so, and of course, the concierge tells them, saying, you know, she's only sitting in there by herself, and where I come from, I ain't right. <laughs> so he goes in and talks to her and tells her that, you know, Guy had told her, I mean, excuse me, that uh, Dell had told him that he had the chops to be a music, you know, musician yeah, there. And he, out right, and he thinks he's going to go ahead and give it a shot. So he asks, okay, so what are you going to do? And she goes, she thinks, I'm, I want to go back to Erie. Uh, he said, I kind of figured that's what you'd do. So, uh, but she tells, you know, she tells him if he ever comes back to Erie, come, come, yep, come see me. Yep. Uh, so he ends up, uh, she goes out, I'm not sure he's waiting for her cab, I assume that's what yeah. she was waiting for. Uh, so what basically makes him decide that he needs to go kiss her? Because he asked her when was she last, when did she, was she last well, decently decent. kissed? Right, and, and it wasn't names, Jimmy. Yeah, and she <laughs> named some date, like. Like in high school, like right. yeah, her high school like prom 1961 or something. Or something like, right. Four years before, and, he, and he's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so, so, so he gives her a kiss and kiss to be a better kiss. And <laughs> right, I love the part where they break from him, and then she looks at him, and then she goes right back in. Yeah. So they uh, just now, apparently, like I said, you know, so they go back to the hotel. I'm not sure exactly what they went back to the hotel for. Who knows? Who, who, but they asked, anybody uh, get a hotel these days? But they asked him to <laughs> wa- watch their luggage where they went, so they apparently weren't going to spend the whole time in there. <laughs> they had to check out, man. Right. That, and I'm sure that's what it was. So anyway, so they uh, at the end of the movie, they end up saying that they got married and right. uh, had like four kids right. and started a music Conservatory. Conservatory, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so Jimmy ends up signing, going back to the label. Right. Now, and I understand that. How exactly did that happen? Considering he was basically an asshole, broke his contract. How did he get back with the label? Uh, Unless they had still had him under contract and they he, said... They might have had him still under contract. He might have said, well, if I'm still under contract, because I signed the contract for two of my songs, the rest of the band kind of, th- their contracts were probably null and void and... His two songs that he'd have to play. Fine, I'll do the two songs if I can have it my way, which is why he, uh, in the the credits, they said they formed his other hit band, The Herdsman, which was what he originally was going to in the movie. Right, and he put out two records. Uh, actually, I mean, I guess they were gold records or something for Playtone, and he ends up becoming a music producer. So, anyway, so of course, uh, Lenny, who went to Vegas, ends up becoming the manager of a casino. <laughs> he uh, got divorced. He got divorced, right, because he's single. Right. Uh, and TV player ended up getting wounded in Vietnam, getting the Purple Heart. He had two tours in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was pretty much the whole thing of the wonders. Like I said, and they based basically, like I said, as I was reading through this, Tom Hanks wrote this movie. Of course, he wrote and directed it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote this movie about the same time he was doing the promotional work for uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, he's I doing was the, Forrest Gump. But yes. there's no way you couldn't remember that. Well, obviously, yeah, yeah, unless I could. But anyway, so he was doing the pro- <laughs> he was doing the promotion for Forrest Gump, and he said he was tired of talking. Okay. So that's why he decided to sit down and start writing, working on the screenplay for this movie. Excellent, and I'm so glad he did. Right, yeah, so, and he, uh, and I was actually I told Kathy he said that uh, in an interview he said that. He went to the studio when he's talking about doing this, and he said, uh, "I'm a big what he said. I'm a big honking star, and you should let me do what I want." <laughs> and they said, "You're absolutely right." So they let him Fantastic. go ahead. Anyway, so he wrote the uh, the screenplay and directed the movie, and it, it went very well. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually surprised he hasn't done more. Mm-hmm. I think, as far as I know, this is the only one he's actually directed. Yeah, I do find it. I do find it one uh, very curious when there's a group of actors or group of same. Uh, a circle of people that kind that of kind of show up like and, Adam, right. Adam, and, like, like, like Adam Sandler's yeah. right. Um, yeah, Adam Sandler's big about it. He'll hire the same people. Right. So, so will Tom Hanks. Right. His son made an appearance. Yes, his son made an appearance. Matter of fact, his daughter from his first marriage also was in the the film. Yeah. Uh, and so is the guy that plays Phil Horace. Is also in Apollo 13. Yeah, that is correct. Matter of fact, a number of these uh, names he came through the the people on his soundtrack mm-hmm. came from Apollo, basically from the Apollo 13 <laughs> thing. You know, of course, the Playtone label. He basically ended up doing for real, right? Uh, which of course the soundtrack was released on the Playtone label. Uh, also, he signed a television contract with HBO for Playtone, which produced from the Earth to the Moon, okay, and all those. Yeah. Uh, and I say he's like won fifty two Emmys through wow. the Playtone thing on television. Uh, he also has produced movies through the Playtone thing, of course, the Polar Express. Mm-hmm. And Cast Away, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, as Kathy mentioned earlier. So all these were produced through the Playtone movie mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and actually him and his wife are like the executives in that that company. And they're still putting out stuff. Uh, so uh, good movie, great soundtrack. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a feel-good movie, basically. It is a feel-good movie. And I say... Once you learn, once you, you know, it doesn't take long for all the music to get your attention and keep being catchy. You find yourself singing throughout the entire movie. Right. So, and, of course, like I said, some of, the, some of the stuff was written either by Tom Hanks or, in it, you know, with Tom Hanks. Right. Uh, including that, uh, you know, where they start out with it, uh, Loving You Lots and Lots. He, oh, wrote, yeah. he wrote that. <laughs> uh, he wrote the music for that. And, of course, like I said, he did the I'm Spartacus drum uh, piece. Mm-hmm. He... Contributed on Mr. Downtown. Okay. Contributed on that uh, Hold My Hand, Hold My Heart by the uh, okay. Chantrelines. Yes. And Voyage Around the Moon by... Uh, see, and this is where you start getting into those names, the Saturn Five. Mm-hmm. You did the, the right. Massive thing. Well, that was pretty much it. Like I said, so talented man. And, of course, he's pretty much... Uh, can pretty much do what he wants these days. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like, though, on the soundtrack, he basically you know, gave you know, even the... Shrimp Shack thing he listed as that already says Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack shooters. <laughs> so, uh, good movie. Like I said, we watch it anytime we happen to catch it. Yes. Uh, in fact, we've watched it tw- twice now in the past week. Uh, I watched it on Voodoo and you watched it uh, on. Uh, I forget if it was an HBO thing or no, whichever. No, I, think, I think I just I bought it once. Right. Because that, I love it. Because that's, that's what it came up saying that you had purchased, yeah. purchased I, it. Apparently I've done that several times. <laughs> all, all the things I love. Who hasn't? Like, you know, uh, oh. You've Got Mail and 
every, right. any other thing that's which is why we inclu- which is why we include these movies in our binge category because we you know we watch seen them, them so many times and, and love them love right. them so much so so anyway so that's what uh, that thing you do and uh, that's Martin and Kathy's coffee binge for today and we like to express our special thanks to our daughter Crystal for contributing. Thanks, Crystal. Uh, Pleasure being here. You are, you are invited back again. Uh, I will be. Right. <laughs> For dinner. That's it. So this is Martin. And I'm Kathy. And we'll catch you on the next trip of Martin and Kathy's Coffee Bins. Bye. Bye. Table 19, your piece is ready.